And joining us now to discuss all of this is General Keith Kellogg. He is the former National Security Advisor to then-President Trump and Vice President Pence, also the author of War by Other Means. General, you know, the Ukrainian people have been fighting hard for their homeland. What should we give them militarily so they could really defend themselves? Yeah, thanks, Rita. Thanks for having me on tonight. Look, uh, you know, we should give them, if they want rocks, give them rocks, slingshots, slingshots, airplanes, airplanes, whatever it takes for them to fight because they're fighting so valiantly and they're being led by a Churchillian figure in President Zelensky. I'm a little bit disappointed. You know, we, there was no fly zone, didn't want to do it. NATO kind of got that. But then they asked for, and we were going to give them some uh, MiG-29s that came out of Poland. And uh, it would have increased the Air Force by numbers by about one-third. And we kind of held that up deal. And then, you know, I'm looking, why don't we give them some air defense? We just need to give them some stuff they can fight with. They're not asking for boots on the ground. They haven't asked for a single U.S. soldier or an allied soldier at all. They just want the ability to fight back. And we should be giving them those. And I think we were a little bit late coming to the party. And what I mean by that, for example, we didn't give them the Stinger air defense system, which is first class till about two weeks ago. Uh, we were slow getting them a lot of the, the, the javelins they needed. So we were slow on the uptake, but we should flow everything they want. If they want something, we should figure a way to give it to them. And right now, what I'd like to see them get uh, is an air defense system, especially in the West, to put around point targets so those airfields don't get hit. Uh, we can go to NATO allies. They've got Russian-made systems called the S-300. Uh, the, the Greece got them. The Bulgarians have them. The Slovakians have them. And we could maybe transfer those in, just give them stuff to fight with. And, and when we're not doing it, Rita, and that's, um, you know, there, there's no lack of courage with the Ukrainians. They don't need courage. What they need is equipment to fight. And in fact, um, Kiev's mayor said, you know what, just give us the supplies. We'll take care of it. We can close the skies ourselves, but give us the weaponry. Um, do you see that happening? Because that makes perfect sense. And in fact, I know the S-300s, those are actually, aren't they ironically like Russian-made? So it would, that would be interesting if that's what that is actually shooting down Russian missiles, right? Yeah, that was, again, back in my mind, I said that's only fitting. Yeah, and there, there, there are systems that were bought by former, um, you know, Russian satellite countries. And then the Greeks have them because the Turks bought a Russian system, and, and they've got them there. And in my point, let's just transfer them there, you know, figure out we'll backfill them with Patriots or something. And then uh, I think there's a concern by President Biden that if you do something like that, it's escalatory. I said, well, I can't figure that out since the guy who's escalatory is uh, Putin by invading. I kind of my attitude would be, Rita, oh, shove it. Just, you know, we're going to supply him with it. If you don't like it, tough. And, and nobody's doing that. I mean, I, it's just amazing to me that uh, that's why really I watch what happened with the MiG-29s in Poland. The Poles were willing to give them up. The Ukrainians were willing to get them in the United States. And. Uh, and President Biden was the one who personally disapproved the deal. I, it's just incredible to me. So, yeah, you're right. Give them the, give them the systems. The S-300 is a good system, sort of like if the Patriot system. It's got a slant range of uh, basically 100 miles. In other words, you can shoot down an incoming missile or an airplane uh, from the distance from uh, here in Washington, D.C. to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's a good system. It's, it's solid. Uh, and I don't know why we don't think out of the box and do stuff like that. 
How do you feel, General Kellogg, that President Biden has been doing? I mean, it seems like he's sort of, you know, following. I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of leadership. I'm sure if, I want to get your thoughts on that, because even other world leaders are not even picking up the phone. I mean, we're understanding now Moscow's not picking up the phone. Uh, the Saudis aren't picking up the phone. UAE isn't picking up the phone. Is that a sign of how they view him? Yeah, I, I, and I understand, Reed, it's a harsh assessment. I, I kind of got it. But I don't, I don't think he's leading from the front at all. He's kind of reacting. But that's his, that's his DNA. I mean, if you look at it, don't, people shouldn't be surprised by that. You know, I, I've said people set patterns in life, Rita. You know, we go to the same service station. We go to the same uh, gas station. We walk down this grocery store and down the same aisles like we normally do. And people set patterns, and Joe Biden has set patterns. And his patterns are not of leadership. I mean, it goes back to what Bob Gates said. Who was the former Secretary of Defense for Obama and director of the CIA, said Joe Biden's been wrong on nearly every national security decision in the last 40 years. You know, and, and, and I remember the, the, the story, and it's not a story, it's true, you know, easily looked up, where when they were going after Osama bin Laden in the Situation Room, Obama went around the room and asked, should they go or no go? And, and Biden said, don't go. And it's just a pattern of his life. So now he's being very reactive, very cautious. He's not being out front. I mean, he talks a real good game, but he doesn't play a good game. And you're right. The Saudis won't pick up the phone and talk to him. The Russians won't pick up the phone and talk to him. Uh, that's not a sign of leadership. That's a sign of the, that he does, he's irrelevant. And to Putin, he's irrelevant. Yeah, which is just catastrophic for so many reasons, not to have any sort of communication and to try to pressure the two sides to come to you know a peace deal, most importantly, to get Putin to stop, first and foremost. Um, what about your thoughts about this strike that happened, General Kellogg, that happened right near the Polish border, uh, you know, 10 to 12 miles of the Polish border? This war is widening. That is so risky. Well, it is. In, in wars, are start, Rita, they generally start because of because of misinformation, mistakes, uh, and that's how things get totally out of hand. And I think that's the danger I'm worried about is something like that, just an errant missile goes into Poland or somewhere else. And that's how wars start. And there, I know what they were trying to do militarily. He was trying to shut down the supply lines into western Ukraine, and that's where you kind of say, hey, enough of that. Uh, but, boy, I tell you, you're really putting it on the margin when you do something like that. Uh, and that's, you know, that's how mistakes in the war start. And I think it's just very, very risky. I know militarily why he did it. Uh, it's also why we should have prevented it by putting some type of defense system there, uh, you know, a, a missile defense system like our Patriot or S-300 or something. But, boy, I tell you, you're getting really, really close. And. And Putin doesn't care, and, and somehow we have to make Putin care about that. You know, I think the, part of the reason he doesn't care is I think he may be losing right now. Look, if he has to go outside and ask the Chinese for help, which there are reports he's done that, or go to the Syrians for help, reports he's done that, that's telling me uh, – that's a big tell – telling me that you know, he's having problems and needs some help. And I tell the Chinese – there was apparently a seven-hour meeting with Jake Sullivan uh, with the Chinese today about the, the war – you know, I, if I was Jake Sullivan, that meeting would have lasted seven hours, left seven minutes. And I'd walked, I would have walked in the door and said, look, if you support the Russians, you are party to this conflict. And anything that happens in the future is going to be on you as well. Help us end this war or otherwise get out of my face. Thank you very much and walk out the door. But talking for seven hours, I mean, that's just, you know, I, what did they solve? Nothing. 
I, I just don't get it. But that's just administration. Yeah, no, it's been really frightening. And as we're seeing the war widen and widen and widen, and sadly, the brutality that's been happening on the Ukrainian people, because I think to your point, General, that Putin is desperate and worried. He's reaching out to others, but he's also getting just so brutal, even within Ukraine and hitting hospitals and schools and everything. Where where do you see the next like few days just based from a military perspective? Because he is desperate. Well, I think the culmination point remains key. He thought, um, you remember Mark Milley, our chairman of the Joint Chiefs, said it would fall in three days. Well, we're in our 18th day. And I think that's still the culmination point. What I mean by culmination point is if he doesn't, and the term is decapitate the government, in other words, replace it. If he doesn't take Kiev or decapitate the government by getting rid of Zelensky, this is going to be a long fight because Kiev uh, right now is a city, even after the evacuations, of about 1.5 million. It's a large city, uh, and you get into city fighting, and your advantage of having tanks goes away. And you can rubble the city, but rubble helps defenders, and and, and they're not going to quit. And if they don't quit, this this thing could go on for a long time. So I think this coming this week will be interesting. Here's what's going to be interesting, Rita. What I'd really watch. Let's watch what happens on Wednesday when Zelensky addresses uh, the Senate and the House of Representatives, a, a joint session. Uh, by I guess by VTC. Let's see what kind of reaction he gets from there, and that could be a big change on what happens here. I wouldn't, you know, my whole thought process is, let's not worry about what Putin is doing. Let Putin worry about what we're doing. You know, let's change the dynamic. All we're thinking about is, well, what's Putin going to do? What's Putin going to do? What's Putin going to do? We should have a point of saying, I don't care what Putin's going to do. Let me tell you what we're going to do. And, and let him start worried about what we're doing. And we're reacting to him, and it should be the other way around. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is key for him to be concerned. And listen, we are still the greatest military power in the world. Also, NATO, too, as well. Uh, I mean, it's just, it is incredible how we've been sort of reactionary. And you're right. Let him be concerned about this this powerful team and what message it could send and what military might it could truly bring. Um, General Keith Kellogg, so great to have you here and always get your important military perspective. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rita. Thanks for having me. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 